Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the week. It's Doggy Pond time. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Doggy Pod. I'm Stephen Peters here with Dr. Rob Zanon. And we are talking all things dogs. Although this is somewhat a special episode because we're tackling the difficult subject of old age. And I find nothing more beautiful, Stephen, than an old dog, but it comes with its difficulties. Yes, this uh, could be an emotional episode for some of you, especially if you've recently had to say goodbye, which we all have to do, sadly, at some stage, to our four-legged mate. And one of the things I want to address about with old age is Alzheimer's. Do dogs get that or not? And we also want to talk about pet insurance for your dog. And finally, I really am going to talk about the difficult subject. I often get asked, how do I know when it's the right time to put my old dog to sleep? So do dogs just lie down and die of old age like humans do? Dr. Rob will talk us through just what's involved when that most difficult of times happens. Possibly one of the toughest decisions we'll ever have to make. It's difficult for everybody, for the veterinary surgeon as well, and we try and guide people through in making that decision, Stephen. Very, very tough. And our celebrity dog owner this week is legendary sports commentator and also known as The Voice, Mr Ray Warren. But on the uh, brighter side, if there is one in this episode, and, and there always is, our celebrity dog this week is a puggle named Boo Radley. And you'll find more about Boo a little bit later. But first, before we get into this, Rob, what's been happening at the clinic this week? Um, one of the strange things that it's happened before, many times to me in fact, I brought the dog in and he was drinking a lot 
so the owners were correctly concerned that maybe this dog had some sort of kidney problem. But it wasn't that at all. This dog was a diabetic. And they said, what? And the reason they were sort of taken aback was they didn't know that dogs get diabetes. I didn't know that either. No. And the other weird thing is the owner had just been diagnosed with diabetes this week as well. And that's so common. You know, I'll often say, oh, your dog's got this problem. And they say, oh, that's funny, I have too. And diabetes is one of those problems. I'll often say, your dog's a diabetic. And the owners often say, oh, so am I. And the problem with dogs, when they get diabetes, you can't just make dietary change and hope for the best, nor can you give them tablets. The tablets that we use for, to control diabetes and blood sugar in humans do not work in dogs. So the issue that you have is that you have to give injections. So what is diabetes? Well, it's when the, the hormone insulin in your body, your body makes a hormone called insulin, becomes very low. And insulin is the hormone that, if you like, it opens the gate for every cell to allow glucose to go in. And so it feeds the, the cell its sugar, glucose, and the cells are happy. When there's not enough insulin, the glucose can't get into the cells. The cells feel a bit starved and the person gets hungry and they want to eat more and they put on weight. But it also makes them very thirsty because they've got this high blood sugar. They're drinking all the time. And eventually, it'll affect little blood vessels as well in your brain and your kidneys. Of course, there's a lot of issues with failure of organs. So with dogs, just like people, when they have low insulin and they're diabetics, they have to be supplemented. And the only way you can do that is by injection. So your veterinarian has to stabilize the dog with injections of insulin and then teach you how to give those injections. You have to be there once or twice a day to do that, uh, to feed your dog the right sort of food, the right amount of food, and also give the right amount of injection to keep your dog alive and make him uh, decrease that blood sugar that's hurting so many organs. But is this um, type 2 diabetes or type 1 diabetes? Uh, well, it's type 1 diabetes because you've got no insulin. With type 2 diabetes, you can address that with tablets. Yeah, and, and dogs, diet as well. Yeah, dogs develop type 1 diabetes. There's special little cells in your pancreas. The pancreas is an organ that is near the uh, small intestine attached to it, and it produces two types of enzymes. One type of enzymes is to help digest food. The other enzyme is insulin, and the Cells in there called the islets of Langerhans can no longer produce enough insulin to sustain the body properly, so you have to su supplement them. So it's type 1. Okay, good to know. Now, our quiz question this week. This is a bit wacky, but which dog breed has a black tongue? A black tongue? Is it a husky, a poodle, a Weimarana, or a chow chow? Now, Rob knows the answer, but he's not going to tell us right now. You'll have to hang around for that. Um, Interestingly, I didn't realise until today that you don't know the answers to these questions. Well, Rob, that's why you're here. Okay, done deal. <laughs> I'm the mug punter. You're the um, you're the vet veterinary <laughs> surgeon. Um, now, firstly, I know we've always wondered these things, or I, I have anyway. Can dogs actually get a form of doggy Alzheimer's? And and if they do, how would you even know? Yeah. They get a thing, we call it cognitive dysfunction. Yeah, they're, they're not quite aware of what's going on, and it's to do with old age. Yeah, you see that in a lot of dogs with yeah. old age. Yeah, yeah and they'll, 
often do things like in the middle of the night just start barking and wandering around barking. That's a common thing. So that's a form of Alzheimer's? Well, we call it cognitive dysfunction, um, Alzheimer's, dementia, whatever you want to call it. It's all pretty much the same. Right. Uh, and this is the interesting thing. There is a drug that sometimes works, not on every dog, but when it does work, people say, oh, this is fantastic. You know, I want, I want some for me when I get old. The problem is when you get old, you don't know that you've got Alzheimer's and you won't remember to take the drug. But there is a drug, we call, it's called Vivitonin in Australia, and we use that in any of the dogs that have cognitive dysfunction. The other thing I use is a herbal thing called valerian. Valerian is a sedative. I give it to them last thing at night. And would you believe valerian is used a lot in European nursing homes? Well, valerian, yeah, is used yeah, a lot it's, as a, it's as a, a human, sleeping pill yeah. type. And that's what it's used for in nursing homes to help old people sleep because older people get a bit anxious at night when it gets dark and sometimes they'll wake up and feel anxious, where am I, whatever. But old people with Alzheimer's do not always get a good night's sleep. And giving them just something like this, which is not going to hurt them, it's just a very mild herbal sedative. With dogs, I find it does help them a lot. It lets them relax and they seem to become a lot more cognitive during the day. So those two things we use doesn't always work. We don't have the universal panacea for dementia or Alzheimer's yet, but we're working on it. And uh, the veterinary profession is you know, doing well in, in some of these areas. Okay, so they, so they do actually suffer from the same kind of symptoms that all of us will eventually, I guess, um, as we get older. It's interesting to know. Hmm. Um, but, you know, let's tackle the most difficult of subjects for any dog owner, and that is how do you know when your beloved pet's quality of life is so bad that euthanasia is something you need to discuss? And I'm, I know lots of friends with dogs, hmm. and they just don't know... When is that time? Because it's such a emotionally powerful position to be in, to be the person who's about to decide whether your your family member really lives or dies. And uh, obviously, m- most times it's for the right reasons. But Rob, let's just talk about that. You must pe- have people coming to you all the time asking that very question. It's a constant question I get asked with owners of old dogs. And I have two, it's a two-part answer. The first part is always the same for me because you dare ask that question, when should I put my dog to sleep? You'll know in your heart when it's time. And I promise you that's true to every listener of this podcast, I'll tell you now. You'll know when it's the right time for your dog. It's not a magic thing that happens. There are a few signs, however, that I do tell them to look out for. Firstly, can your dog get up to go and eat and drink? Uh, will, can he get up to go outside to go to the bathroom, to use the bathroom? I'm not talking about urinary incontinence. We'll discuss that another time because there are things you can do with that. But I'm talking about <clears throat> laying in his bed, soiling himself both with feces and with urine, and he's losing his dignity. And I promise you dogs hate losing their dignity. It's something they don't like. And if they can't go out to go to the toilet, they can't get up to properly go over and feed themselves and drink. Don't let them suffer anymore. So dogs know themselves and feel themselves emotionally that this is this is not right and this is not good. And I, I think dogs hate losing their dignity with old age when it happens like that. And they feel it's it's my time. I can't get up. I'm in pain. I'm suffering. That's why the dog can't get up. It's not just 
I am old and weak. It's I'm in pain with joints and things. Um, please don't let me suffer anymore. And Steve, we will post a um, on our, uh, our on our Facebook our page. Facebook we'll page. A, photos. a some photos. We'll also post a poem written by a dog on this very subject. Oh, good. Look out! For it's that. a very very tough thing, but I, as I said, your dog will know, and just as importantly, you'll know in your heart that it's the right time. It's a tough thing, but yeah, every dog owner at some stage will need to go through it. Very, very hard. Okay, so I imagine it's extremely difficult when a family or mum and dad come in with their dog and they're asking you, Rob, the question, what do you think? Is it time for me to put my family member down? You know, this this very important part of the family. Uh, which puts the pressure on any vet, mm. I'm guessing. Very much. So it's a, a really tough thing for anyone to answer. And for me, I have to make sure it also sits well with the person, that they have closure on this whole topic at the end of the day. Because if they're not prepared for it, and, and I say, we've got to put the dog down, that's it, but they're not ready to do that and I do it, they'll be blaming themselves, they'll be blaming me, they'll be blaming everyone for... Why did I do it then? My answer is simply, has the dog still got its dignity? Is it able to go outside to go to the toilet? Can the dog get up to go and eat and drink? I don't mind if it's sleeping hours and hours on end. That's fine. But can it perform the normal body functions, for starters? Is the dog in pain? And then my final thing is, I say, if it were my dog, I think it's time. If it were my dog. I won't say you've got to do it, but I, I will also say I understand if you're not ready, we can try some heavy doses of painkillers, uh, some heavy anti-inflammatories just to keep the dog as comfortable as possible until you realise that this is the way that we should go. I need for the people to accept that they are doing the right thing too because we are taking a life no matter what and we're taking a life of, like we said, their beloved friend and... I remember the 19th of August, 1967. Most of you out there weren't even born then. That's when my dog was born. I've had hundreds of dogs since, I guess, and I will love them all. They're all different loves. But he was my first dog, and I've never forgotten him. And Was that Strauss? That was Strauss. That was my German Shepherd, Strauss. Yes, yes. And he, he saw me through all my adolescent problems, helped me through university, and unfortunately, a new disease came out that got him called Parvo. It was the year I graduated, and it was, it was tough. You remember that. You remember all of that. And that's why I wanted to be the whole thing, the whole process, to be a good memory for other people, that they remember even the closure that they had to have with their dog was, yes, that was the right thing to do for that friend of mine at the time. Now, for people out there who... I've got a dog and maybe haven't reached this stage before and haven't had to go through this. Just briefly, if you can talk us through what's involved from your mm-hmm. end. Look, it's different for every veterinarian, I guess, but um, my younger veterinarians like to put a catheter into the vein of the dog to make sure that everything will go well, and that's a good thing to do. I like to, with little dogs, my clients know... I ask them into the surgery with their little dog and they hold it while I put a mask on the face. It's just a gentle mask. 
and we flow anesthetic gases. Uh, I flow oxygen and nitrous oxide and a drug called Severane. It's very quick acting and it just puts them into an anesthetic sleep. So that the dog just goes to sleep. Goes to sleep. And then I can give the injection that takes it through to its final stages. It's the demise of the body. The injection that all vets use is a concentrated uh, version of a drug called phenobarbitone. Phenobarbitone is a very uh, long-acting anesthetic. If you use it as an anesthetic, it's used as an anticonvulsant as well sometimes. But it's a very, it's 375 milligrams of drug in every mil. So we give that, it's always green. The reason I make it green is so you can never make a mistake. You do no, never want to make a mistake like that. You know, mm. I, I always think it, it could be so easy to do if it was just the same colour as every other drug that's on the shelf. <clears throat> so this is a bright green colour, and you know that when you give this, you know what you're doing, why you're doing it. And you just give it intravenously, and the animal, the brain shuts down, everything shuts down, the heart stops, and there's no pain involved. The animal goes to sleep. There's no pain involved for the animal. Unfortunately, the pain for us really starts. It hurts. It does hurt. I'm not going to say to you that there's a special magic bullet for you. You've got to go through the grief. You will go through the grief. But if there's one thing your dog could leave in a will, if your dog could write a will, there's one thing only. He said, I only own one thing, and that's this beautiful home that I've been given this beautiful owners that I have, and I want the next dog to have that because your dog wants you to go on. And you're not going to love the other dog more or less than your current dog. It's a different love. So then most people would elect to, I guess, have their dog cremated and then do yeah. something special <clears throat> with their ashes? You've got a few options. Um, some people will... will opt for a burial if they've got a large property. A lot of councils will say, no, it's illegal, but yeah, you know, yeah. try and stop me if I've got my friend's body they want to bury my... How backyard. are they, they going to know? Yes. Yeah, you got to, you know, of course, you know, dig the appropriate depth of hole if you want to do that. Not many people do that. Most people go for cremation and the return of the ashes. And one of the questions I always ask, how do I know it's my dog's ashes? And that's a fair question. The company that I've dealt with um, there was this little dog, Stephen, that was a little whippet, broke its leg when it was young. I had to put a plate in it and screws. I, I love this little dog. Anyway, when its time came, we put it to sleep and off the body went. They came back with the ashes and they said, oh, we found these in the ashes. And it was the plate and the screws that I put in when it was young. So you, get, you do get very good companies will always make sure they do the right thing and they guarantee it. Some places you can actually go and be there when it happens as well you can deliver the body yourself if you wish and you get the bodies back in various vessels that you might like it can be a metal vessel it can be ceramic it can be a, a wooden box or it could be a scatter box where the, the ashes are there so you can open it up and scatter it the ashes somewhere where the dog loves so be it a beach area or a particular park or just your backyard or wherever you want and so there are methods of doing it. Of course, if you don't want the ashes back, that's okay. The bodies are still treated respectfully. They're often cremated en masse is the way to do it. But there should always be respect even afterwards. So these are companies that specialise in uh, cremation of 
pits. Dogs? Pits. 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 They'll do pits. They, they'll... But is this just a general place that does cremations or uh, no, places that specialize, no, specialize just in, in pits? Yeah, okay. And uh, believe it or not, I've even had a few clients that have had horses cremated. Right. Okay. It's not a cheap process because they're such large animals. But yes, you can have your pet done and they do it respectfully for all pets. Birds, horses have had fish done. Um, fish, it's, wow. yes, That's good to know very, anyway. Very yeah. attached to it. But certainly your dogs are the most common of all. Wow. Okay. Let's let's lighten. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's Rob, a bit heavy. A bit yeah, heavy. Let's lighten things up a bit and just jump to our celebrity dog this week. We talked about earlier, is a puggle. P u double g l e. A puggle owned by actor Jake Gyllenhaal. He's been in lots of movies. You'd know him. You might not know the name, but you'd certainly recognise him. Um, Rob, what the hell is a puggle? Yeah, well... I've never heard of a puggle before. No, puggles are not a purebred dog. It's not a registered breed of dog. It's a cross. These breeds of various crosses, be they... They start with the Labradoodle, which was Labradoodle Poodle Cross. And because the oodle word, there have been lots of oodles, cavoodles and other oodles. And the puggle is a takeoff on that. It's a pug crossed with a, a poodle. And what, a miniature poodle? Well, it would have to be either a miniature or a toy. It would toy. be a very weird coupling with a pug and a standard poodle. I don't think that's going to be physically it's possible. It's going to be an artificial <laughs> insemination if it's that nice. Yes. I, I hope the mother is the standard poodle because a, a pug would have difficulty delivering Oh, Rob, let's not go there. Yes, yeah. okay. So it's a cross between the two. And the, the issues, of course, is they, they do have a lot of um, medical problems, unfortunately, because... I guess the cross, you never know what you're going to get with it. When you start crossing breeds, you don't know what's going to come out the other yeah. end. And um, as delightful as a pug can be and a poodle can be, you don't know what sort of puppy you might end up with. One of the issues that I've had with a lot of the puggles, that cross, have been knees. I've had to operate a lot of the knees. They end up with what's called luxating patellas. That's where the you knee... You talked about this last yeah, yeah, the knee dislocates, the kneecap, dislocates inwards just as they walk along and sometimes they'll try and skip and they'll try and do all sorts of things to try and get the kneecap back into place and more often than not it ends up with um, some pretty major surgery to reconstruct the knees that's probably the biggest issue I see with them uh, the concern is that a lot of breeders that set out to do this do it for one reason alone to sell puppies to make money, yeah. yeah and so they're puppy farmers and that can be a big issue in the dog world. I don't like puppy farmers. No one that loves dogs loves seeing dogs locked up and being bred from each season, every season. It is wrong to do that well, to it's a... not natural. Yeah. Okay, let's meet up with legendary sports commentator Ray Warren, who's also known as The Voice. He spent his life calling races, including a few Melbourne Cups, He's probably the greatest rugby league commentator of all time. In fact, he's been inducted into the Rugby League Hall of Fame and he's even been awarded an Order of Australia. And no surprises, he's a committed dog lover. And earlier this week, Dr. Rob caught up with him. So your dogs, of course, um, have been you know, part of the family. You say you have big backyards, but you have them inside too, don't you? No, oh, you? I do. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, uh, right now, um, Sheba, we lost Sheba about uh, three or four or five months ago, yes. and she was seventeen. But mm-hmm. I, 
I'd gone out commissioned by Cher and Holly, my wife and daughter, to to buy a smaller dog because Holly was trying to agitate for a big dog. And, and, and this is when we, we had only Sheba. And I went out and I viewed these dogs and they were King Cavaliers or something like that. And I fell in love with one that had a turned foot. So that's the one I bought. So I brought it home. And when Sheba went, this, this little puppy had grown to believe that Sheba was uh, her mother, I'm sure. Mm. So now uh, the the little King Cavalier with the turned foot, she sleeps in the bedroom with me and Cher. She's got her own little <laughs> bed here because she 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 can't get over the loss of Sheba. But um, yeah. they're the things you do, I think. You know, some some people sit back and say yuck, and mm-hmm. and others think and others think it's just second nature. Of course, your wife's been. A mountain of strength I know behind you in in many ways, and especially with the animals. You know, she's there every minute of the way with you with the animals, with the dogs and things, isn't she? Shares oh yeah, 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 most most definitely. There's there's things she can do that I can't do. Um, <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I I'm a bit of a coward in many ways. Um, but I've got a I've got a good vet, and he's he's saved a few of them. He's prolonged their <laughs> life incredibly. Um, but, Happy to have uh, helped you. <laughs> sorry? Happy to have helped you there, my friend. No, you have. You have. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I might as well name you. I mean, we appreciate <laughs> what you've done. You've yeah. you've kept a couple of our pets alive. In fact, one of our little cats, a Siamese, we had. Um, I, I don't know how you fix that. And all of those things, I remember them, just like just like the death of, of, of losing a human. Um, yes. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You never, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to overcolor it, but I. I have to tell you the truth. You know. Yeah. So, you've always preferred kelpies because of your background, but your son has a Rottweiler. Yes, he has. Yeah, and and, and, and you've taught to, them the love of animals the same as you have. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you've got to understand. I'm not. Uh, I'm not anti any any love of a dog that anybody has as I've already said to you I think there's an education in it but I I worry about those big dogs um, uh, particularly with little kids yes Um, they might they might know the adult uh, master but you get some little kid that irritates them and you you don't know where it's going to Um, and I know I know my uh, my daughter she wanted to get a pit bull come hell or high water and that's where the little king cavalier took over i said oh you need a nice little puppy with a twisted foot <laughs> i mean you're quite correct the statistics show that the dog most likely to bite a child is the uh, parent's dog so and children under 12 should not be left unsupervised without uh adult supervision with a dog it's yeah because i'll get bitten see quite correct ray it's been great talking to you thank you so very much for agreeing to come on our show the doggy pod Good on you, mate. Thanks, buddy. Right on, mate. Admire you. Bye, mate. Bye. Anyway, um, let's get to the answer of our quiz question this week, which is which dog breed has a black tongue? I didn't know any dog breed had a black tongue, but apparently one of these four does. Is it a husky, a poodle? I don't think it's a poodle because I've got a poodle cross, a Waimarama, or a chow chow. Which one is it, Rob? You know, it, it was bred with a black tongue because it looked a bit more ferocious. 
as a guard dog. And no, it was not the Waimarana. You're quite right. The husky, it is not. It's the chow chow. It's a Chinese breed. Yeah, Chinese breed. Um, Bred for guarding and fighting and, dare I say, eating at one stage as well, but which I really... Chow chows aren't very big, are they? Oh, yeah, they're a decent-sized dog. They're about roughly Labrador size. Oh, okay. and, uh, and they've and they're, got a black tongue. Very sturdy dog, very, very sturdy dog, bred properly. They're very sound and sturdy and can do quite a bit of uh, guard, good guard work if they want to, yeah. The, okay, so a chow chow is a dog worth getting if you... If yeah, I mean, again, I always say make sure you meet the parents. Uh, always know that the parents are sound because there are problems with every breed of dog just like there are with every human people think we're special but the humans have problems too when we uh, have young as we know and same with dogs you want to make sure that they start off with sound parents and that's the best way of getting a sound dog and when we breed inappropriately yes mm. boy oh boy <laughs> then we're in trouble aren't we anyway that's it for us on the doggy pod this week thank you so much for listening we really enjoy uh, putting these shows together we know and it's nice to know that you're out there listening to us please subscribe and please feel free to share if you've enjoyed it and we will see you on the doggy pod next week i will certainly be here next week um in the meantime we will post that poem if yes. it be that i grow old and frail go to our facebook page the doggy pod uh, and also follow us on instagram as well the doggy pod obviously um and we look forward to banging on about dogs this time next week. That's all, folks. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 